Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Man, it's cold. And I mean, I I don't know what my problem is. I know what my problem is. I'm allergic to cold weather, and I'm like, well, it is January. I mean, I guess it's going to be cold for a while. Nonetheless, I'll find a way to survive. Don't worry about me. But I tell you what you need to worry about, about what's going on at the Texas Capitol. We're going to get into that. We're going to get in deep into that. Uh, during this segment of the Texas Values Report, which you can be watching on Facebook right now live. Uh, You won't be seeing our guest today, who's going to be Pastor Dave Welch, but you will hear his lovely voice, and you'll see a picture of the graphic we have up for the website, nobibleband.com. You've probably seen some of the commentary and the emails we put out this week that there have been a number of bills that have been filed that are sexual orientation and gender identity special protection bills that effectively ban the Bible, ban your belief in the Bible, would use government power to punish you because of your biblical beliefs. We're going to get a little bit deeper into that today, but that's just a reminder that there's a lot going on at the Texas Capitol. So we're going to cover some really good ground today. And just as a reminder, speaking of the Texas Capitol, we have our Faith and Family Day coming up on March 13th. That's a full day of activities at the Texas Capitol. Just go to our website, txvalues.org. We're going to have other groups there that are part of the work that we're doing. Uh, Concerned Women for America, Texas Homeschool Coalition, uh, Texas Pastor Council, a lot of great groups. And speaking of pastors... We're excited. We're going to jump right in with our guest today. Our guest today is Pastor Dave Welch. Many of you will know him from the Texas Pastor Council, U.S. Pastor Council, and of course, the local group that he runs, the Houston Area Pastor Council. He is a longtime friend and a leader when it comes to faith and family issues. One of the notable people that took the mayor of Houston all the way to the Texas Supreme Court to make sure that people could vote on the ordinance in Houston that would have forced people to violate their religious beliefs, that would have forced businesses, church-based ministries, and a whole host of folks to have to allow men and women's bathrooms. He has fought against a subpoena from the city of Houston in a variety of notable religious liberty efforts. Pastor Welch, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, great to be with you, Jonathan. Well, look, um, we're not even through January, and the left is already trying to take over the Texas Capitol. They're trying to make their mark, and these are people, and I'm not saying everyone on the left. I mean, that's just kind of a way, a general description, but folks that are anti-religious freedom, they have an agenda to push, and a lot of it is their personal and political politics. They want to put their personal and political politics above the U.S. Constitution, and that's not how we do things at the Texas Capitol or in Texas, but they're sure going to try. And one of the reasons we're highlighting this, because we've seen some of these bills um, that put preferences for sexual orientation and gender identity into our law for the first time, we've seen them tried before, but not at this number. And you know, now you've got this LGBT caucus that's been formed at the Texas House, and it seems like some of these folks, these far left Democrats, thinks you know things have changed because a couple of things happened in, on the elections here in Texas. That you know they're going to have things their way, but I don't think it's going to be so easy. What's your take on how the session has started so far? Well, it certainly is interesting, as you said, and you you know probably have a better firsthand perspective than I do, as I've talked to legislators and others uh, in just wa- watching the the general mood and sentiment of what we're hearing come out of a leadership in both chambers and uh, in the executive branch. So there's a really strong push toward focusing on a, a you know obviously a set of the priority issues 
that they're calling us with doing school finance and property tax relief and uh, teacher pay raises, but uh, also a real strong sense that they want peace and harmony in in, in the process, uh, potentially at the cost of maybe fighting for some key issues, which are, we believe should be on the table. So uh, I think there's both a good uh, sense of optimism, but also you know we we need to make sure we're ready to uh, go to bat on these core issues. And one of them was, as you said, or a number of them are the attacks on basic. Uh, you know, religious freedom and freedom of conscience and uh, personal freedom in the state under these, some of these bills. Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I have to wonder, too. I mean, I guess that, you know, maybe uh, some of the, the Democrats did not get the memo from Speaker Bonin and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott as far as what the focus was to be. And my point is, it hasn't stopped these folks, uh, the liberals on these issues from filing their bills that they think, no, this is an important issue. And and what's interesting about these bills, and I'm just going to give a, a list of some of the bills that we're highlighting, House Bill 244, House Bill 254, Senate Bill 151, House Bill 188. These are just a few of what we're calling, these are the ban the Bible bills that have been filed. And, and a few more have been filed. We put out a press release and an action alert on Tuesday, and several more have been filed since then. And so the point is, you have folks that want to advance their personal and political agendas regarding giving preference to sexual orientation and gender identity. They want that to supersede or be favorable over religious liberty. Because um, when you put sexual orientation and gender identity special protection in laws, when it comes to certain issues um, that come up in our law, whether it's private business owners, church-based ministries, and they're free to believe and free to decide who's going to be a part of their work, it pits them against religious liberty issues, these sexual orientation, gender identity, special protection. And that's what, what some of the liberals want. And so they continue to file these bills, making it clear they want the law changed. They want the government to help them be favorable when it when these issues clash. And, you know, it's clear that they're not satisfied with some of the local laws like in Dallas and San Antonio. And so they have fired the first big round of shots on this, making it clear that they're going to push very hard on these issues and really have left folks like you and I and others like Bill Zedler, who filed a bill, no choice but to say, you know what? We are not going to just let religious liberty get steamrolled by these new host of issues. We're going to stand up for people of faith. We're not going to allow effectively for them to ban the Bible or the belief in the Bible. Well, that's it. And, you know, what's important for people to understand, Jonathan, that these these bills that are filed that add sexual orientation and gender identity to uh, state law, uh, in regards to employment and some public accommodations and public housing and those things across the board, uh, equal to race, religion, and sex, and historically recognized uh, civil rights categories, are, first of all, there's, there's solutions looking for a problem because there is no systemic discrimination ever been proven uh, by these LGBTQIA groups that uh, warrant such broad sweeping laws. And, and the, the secondly, uh, what they are, and, and as you know, every law essentially is an expansion of government. That's right. It's an extension of government that says you shall not, and if you do, you will be punished. So the question becomes with the new law, who's being told not and who's being punished? 
And in this case, it is everybody who currently right now simply operating their businesses, operating their churches, or living their lives according to 6,000-year-old standards of traditional Judeo-Christian morality and even social order. Uh, so that, uh, and, and what we do see, and we look everywhere that the people like Senator John Whitmire, who is one of the sponsors of one of these bills, Jessica Farrar, House member, others, everywhere that they have actual majority that these laws have been put in place, the people like us have been criminalized and are being pros- literally prosecuted, uh, being crim- threatened with criminal penalties. Well, and let me talk. Let me let me give some detail to one of these bills too, to underscore and highlight your point, Pastor. We're talking with Pastor Dave Welch, who leads the Houston Area Pastors Council, Texas Pastor Council, and U.S. Pastor Council, a longtime friend and someone who has been heavily involved and committed to the work that we do for faith and family in the state of Texas. House Bill One Eighty Eight by Representative, excuse me, House House Bill Five One Seven by Cecilia Israel, Cecilia Israel state representative from here in the central Texas area from Austin. This bill is one that allows the government to punish counselors and marriage and family therapists. So if you have a parent and child that go to see a counselor, including a Christian counselor, a private Christian counselor, to say, hey, my child is having questions about how, how they feel about people that the, <coughs> people they're attracted to, excuse me, and they want to get some encouragement and support on what the Bible says, on what their faith says, and from a mental health perspective, that counselor would not be allowed to have that conversation. And if they do, they're going to be punished by the government. And, and we did an interview, Nicole Hudgens from our staff did an interview in our office with the uh, Spectrum News, Cable News earlier this week, and the reporter said, you mean this applies even to Christian counselors? We're like, yes, it does. You know, people that are in private business but are Christian counselors and it could even apply to people that are pastors. Uh, Pastor Welch, you know there are a lot of pastors that are licensed professional counselors. They're LPCs. This bill would would put the government in a position of punishing those people for just trying to have and honor the client's wishes on an issue. <coughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. You know, we, we see these cases now developing all over the country, and people think uh, this is just happening in California and uh, places like that in new york but this is this we're talking about texas here right here and right now and uh and this is the thing that's important and by the way that kind of points toward the reason for our lawsuit against the city of austin which you know we're going to talk about as well yes take uh, us through that we're not talking about theory uh that that because some of the, the the caveats that they're throwing out there thinking they're going to buy off the church is that, well, we'll have religious exemptions to these laws or ordinances. And as we well know, uh, first of all, like in the city of Austin, the, the, the exemption is simply not an exemption. And uh, so it's for their, show. Their, their crosshairs are on the church. They're not going to allow uh, the churches to, to practice even within the walls. But right now, uh, they're in the city of Austin, even if, if uh, uh, somebody declared themselves transgender, for example, uh, went into a, a church and applied for a staff position uh, under the current city ordinances and was denied that because it was in violation of the church's uh, bylaws and creeds and doctrines. They could turn around and file a complaint with the city and be fined and punished. Uh, so these, and this is what they want to extend statewide to every nook and cranny, every county, every city in the state of Texas through these bills. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, the city of Austin has one of these ban the Bible bills 
in their current policy. And we saw Laredo try to pass a ban the Bible public policy for sexual orientation and gender identity. And thankfully, that city council voted that down to some surprise in November, but the city of Austin didn't. And you're right, there's litigation against the city of Austin on this issue. You know, and they claim that they have an exemption. The the exemption is so narrow, you have to wonder whether or not even Jesus would qualify for it. And so the ordinance, though, is about putting sexual orientation, gender, gender identity above anybody's religious beliefs and individual claims which are in the Constitution. I mean, sexual orientation and gender identity protection are not in the U.S. Constitution. Religious liberty protection is. I think it's pretty clear if you had to pick one, which one is more rooted in law. And so, but that's what they're trying to do. Um, and, and look, it, a letter, we sent a letter over to the city of Austin on this. I know you did as well. <coughs> Excuse me. This, this law is so restrictive that any Catholic church or parish that refuses to hire <coughs> women priests would be violation of the city law. And it doesn't have to be just Catholic. I mean, there are obviously some other denominations that when it comes to leaders, they have rules that, that are biblically based on who will serve in their clergy. And so you put the church in position of also at the city of Austin in the crosshairs, if you will, of the local government and subject to punishment. And that's why I think your group was left no choice but to bring litigation. Well, it's important to, to note also, Jonathan, that, 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 look, this would what if we proposed a law that said that churches, uh, organizations would be punished if they hired women or if they hired transgenders or if they hired uh, homosexuals uh, to positions and would be fined and punished? That would be wrong. Okay, It would be a, a violation of, of, of the constitutional premise of basic freedom of choice, freedom of rights, of conscience just as surely as these are. And so we're not saying that people should be forced uh, or denied the opportunity to hire those who they choose. But but conversely, this is what's happening is they're closing the loop and the noose on, on uh, churches and those who, who basically defy the current political correct orthodoxy and say, you know, we, we, you know it is our choice that we do not uh, choose to hire those who we believe violate these, our core convictions. And, and this is where uh, we have to decide at some point in time, is this a hill on, on which to die? Is there, are we going to stand for this uh, or you just simply yield the right uh, that has been given to us and paid for by the blood of patriots and martyrs? Well, and you have to wonder, too, how many people out there are self-censoring? Because we get calls all the time where people say, you know, look, I'm worried that if I operate my business or my ministry based on my biblical beliefs that I'm going to face a lawsuit, I can't afford to go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court and defend myself like Jack Phillips. I'm just not going to do business. I've had several people call us and tell us that, that have gotten out of certain industries because they're not, they're afraid that the conflict is going to reach them eventually. And so that, that, you know, you can think about the impact that has on the economy, business, but just on personal liberty. You know, we, people should not be living under this type of government threat, but they do. I mean, that is part of the reality. And that's one of the reasons you brought the lawsuit was to say, you know what, this needs to be challenged. You know, we worked on a case here in Austin um, in the middle of last year where a church was renting facilities, government facilities over the weekend of a school that's not being used over the weekend. Very common. You see it all the time, not just church groups, but others. It, it um, And they pay money for that. It's a revenue stream, if you will, for the school districts. And so 
there was one church that had been doing that for a long time, Celebration Church, and some people were protesting them because of their biblical beliefs on marriage. Oh, you mean a Christian church follows the teachings of the Bible? Who knew? I mean, and so they act as if they're surprised by it when that's been the case all along. And so they tried to, the some of the Austin ISD members tried to put some pressure on them to withdraw from doing this, and they said no. And when, when a legal letter was sent to them from the Attorney General's office, they realized that they had to treat them fairly. But some people don't want people of faith to be treated fairly. They want them shut out of the discussion of the process, and they want anyone punished that doesn't agree with them or really doesn't support them. And so that's the concern with a lot of this legislation, uh, particularly some that have been filed at the Capitol. you got to either support what they do or you got to get out of business altogether. And that's not the way things should be done in America. No, it's absolutely right. And look, you just, again, take these cases, examples of, uh, this, you know, these two young ladies now in Arizona, uh, you know, small uh, graphic arts business who are now uh, threatened with fine and punishment and, and criminal penalty for simply saying we, we, you know, it's against our convictions to do wedding invitations for a same-sex wedding. This is happening all over the country, and these these laws in Texas that are being proposed will do exactly the same. And it's just incumbent upon the people and the pastors right now uh, to decide what kind of a, of a state and a nation do we want to live in? Do we want to live under conditions that we will face the, the sword of government uh, in jail uh, by, by living in according to the convictions that are in Scripture very clearly? And, and it's just that simple. And, and by the way, too, Jonathan, we've had to say, say this all the time. Look, no, uh, nobody is proposing to, to defend any wrongful discrimination. But, but, but the, the clarification of that is uh, we challenge the mayor of Houston. We challenge others. Uh, prove it. Where is the discrimination? Where is, where is the systemic denial of jobs, the denial of housing, denial of legitimate rights that are granted to every American citizen? Uh, prove it. And, and they have yet to do that. There is none. And what they want is the legal force of moral acceptance of what is, is frankly, just uh, what we call sin, uh, sexual behavior, and, and mental illness. We want us to be able to, to, to by law, force people to, to allow their children to be given hormones and even surgeries that permanently destroy their bodies when they're in an age where they, where they shouldn't be, be making those decisions. And, and these are the kind of things that they want to, to be passed into law. No, and, and those issues are, are getting a lot of attention at the Capitol. We've been walking the halls this week, and legislators and staff are, are really dismayed. They're shocked, and they're very concerned about these bills that we've called the Ban the Bible Bills that effectively ban people's belief in the Bible by using government power to punish people because their biblical beliefs on marriage, sexuality, and they want it to play out in a whole host of ways. And that's a lot of what's happening in that city of Austin ordinance. I know these are the things that you have fought against. And in your your organization, U.S. Pastor Council, Texas Pastor Council, has been uh, very reputable and, and very active. And so I want to encourage people to team up with Pastor Dave Welch on these issues. Come out to our Faith and Family Day. Dave, you know how important it is to the come, come to the Capitol, no matter what day it is, no matter when people can come, to send emails, to make phone calls. I mean, the, the phrase we hear at the Capitol is, government belongs to those who show up. Tell our listeners, too, as we close out our segment with you, how important it is in the value of showing up at the Texas Capitol. 
Uh, you know, absolutely, Jonathan. You remember a couple sessions ago uh, during the, uh, the the sermon protection bills uh, discussions when we brought about 70, 75 pastors on that one day to Austin and to take a stand. And, and you know, we heard the reverberations of that to this day where, where legislators were just uh, moved by the, by the fact that 70 pastors came. There are 15,000 churches in Texas or more, Jonathan, and, you know, just small numbers showing up and taking a stand have a massive impact. So well, every everyone counts in coming to these kind of days like uh, the Faith and Family Day are very, very important. Well, and, and I have to also just remind, you know, that moment we had last session, and, and as a reflection on the differences of this session, we've got Speaker Bonin, who's now the Speaker, and the new Chairman of State Affairs is Dade Phelan and no longer Byron Cook. And you'll remember some of your pastor friends, the run-in, if they, if you will, they had um, or not even coming crossing paths with Byron Cook, the Chairman of the State Affairs. He wouldn't even let us in his office. Remember that? He, cl- he locked the door. And you had 200 uh, pastors and, and leaders outside um, chanting. What was I forget the chant now? Um, but asking him let, let the let the right. house vote. Right there, you go. Right. We yep. couldn't even get into his office. And but you know what? People across the hall heard the presence of people of faith, and that's what what I know you're a part of, and you'll continue to do. That's right. And thankfully, we've got a new leadership. It's a new day. And uh, hopefully and prayerfully, uh, we're going to see some changes. But it's, it's you know, as you know, and that's it's challenge the people. It's it all comes down to uh, we the people. What are we going to do? So now it's on us. Yeah, we got our work cut out for us every session. Uh, nothing to be taken for granted, even though there is new leadership, new opportunities. But we still got to go to work, and we know that's what you're doing. Dave Welch is on the road. We thank for thankful for him for making some time as he's headed to some meetings. Pastor Dave Welch has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. You bet, brother. Well, great to have Pastor Welch on. You can see here on my computer screen for my Facebook Live friends, and if you're listening to this. Um, on Saturday, you can go back to our Facebook page and see the video and, and um, kind of follow along with us with some of the visuals. But I'll just put the website out for you, too. NoBibleBand.com. Did I say it right? NoBibleBand.com. I can't see it. It's on the back of my computer here, my laptop. But on Facebook, you can see it. We have had over 10,000 emails sent in just two and a half days. Every member of the Texas House and Senate has been contacted by numerous constituents asking them to oppose the ban the Bible bills. What bills are those? Those are House Bill 244, House Bill 254, Senate Bill 151, House Bill 188, House Bill 517, House Bill 850, and a number of other ones that have been filed since Tuesday since we put out this initial action alert. These bills put sexual orientation and gender identity into a protected classification at the same level as race and religion, but really not even on the same level. It puts them in a position that if you have a biblical belief that marriage is between one man and one woman, or you believe God made people male and female, your belief is going to get overruled by someone's belief regarding gender identity and sexual orientation, which is nowhere in state law together. Okay, they're trying to put this language into state law for the first time in a lot of different places. If you're a Christian counselor, you're you're going to face uh, punishment from the government because your biblical beliefs. If you're a private business owner and you have certain um, rules as far as what type of messages that you'll create, 
for artistic reasons, for cake bakers, for graphic artists, photographers, or a whole host of things. If you have a business where you do marriage ceremonies or have a a facility where you host weddings and you don't want your facilities used for things that violate your conscience, these laws would say too bad. And a few of these laws, you can end up in jail. And people used to say, oh, that's a slippery slope or you guys are exaggerating a couple of years ago. Yeah, until Kim Davis spent five days in jail because of her beliefs um, on religion when it comes to marriage. Before pastors were subpoenaed, uh, in Houston because of their biblical beliefs on sexuality. Folks, it's not a this could happen. It's not a slippery slope. It's not, well, what might happen next time? Those things have already happened, okay? People have already gone to jail, okay, and been threatened with jail time for their biblical beliefs on marriage and sexuality, okay? And look, I, and I don't think their side is is hiding it anymore, okay? They support that. The laws make it clear that they're trying to push Okay, they're no longer satisfied with, you know, let's coexist, you know, keep the government out of my bedroom. They want the government in your business in a lot of ways, okay, and in your church or your church based ministry or your Christian based uh, counseling sessions. And so uh, I think we can all, we all should be able to agree that we should all have room to have our liberty interests protected. And these ban the Bible bills create more government to put the government in a position to punish people for what's going on in their mind and things that are important to them when it comes to their conscience. Look, the only way we can do this work is if you support us financially. Go to txvalues.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We now have a team of nine people that do the work that we do. We were cranking out stuff last week and early this week to get all this information up, to go through the bills, to put information up, to get people aware that um, these ban the Bible bills are bad. They need to be opposed. And because of all that work, we're able to get attention on this issue. But we need your donations. Go to txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today to support the faith and family work we do. Faith and Family Day is on March 13th. Get your group ready. Come see us at the Capitol. Go to our website, txvalues.org. Get signed up today. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.